It's Ember Wednesday in the first week of Lent and the Feast of St. Francis of Rome. And I mention her because I really like her. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zinsdorf. Today we continue our pilgrimage through the Roman stations, going to the Collect Church to gather first, and it's at St. Peter in Chains, where we were yesterday for the station. So if you left anything behind, you can pick it up again at Lost and Found. And then we continue singing litanies off to the station church, which today is Santa Maria Maggiore, St. Mary Major, one of the four major papal basilicas now. They used to be called patriarchal basilicas, but that's another story. According to pious legend, in August of 352, a Roman aristocrat dreamt that the Blessed Virgin Mary wanted him to build a church on a site she would reveal to him. And so on the 5th of August, there was a miraculous snowfall. Given how hot it is in Rome during August, about the temperature of molten lead, this is truly a miracle. The snow fell on the Esquiline Hill, and that is where they built the beautiful basilica dedicated to the Mother of God. Each year, on the 5th of August, white rose petals are dropped through the magnificent gold-coffered ceiling of the basilica to commemorate the miraculous snowfall. In 431, after the Council of Ephesus declared that Mary is the Mother of God, Pope Sixtus III had his deacon Leo design and execute the mosaics of the triumphal arch that's in the interior, and that deacon would soon after become Pope Leo the Great. And you can hear in his preaching the themes of the mosaics. So today is an ember day. The ember days fall four times a year in the traditional calendar. These are days of special penance and prayer. They kind of go seamlessly together with Lent. It's a little hard to distinguish them. Nevertheless, they fall at the changes of the seasons, more or less. The Roman practice of the Ember Days might be rooted in pagan customs, but by the 3rd century they had been thoroughly baptized with Christian meanings. The Ember Days are also parallel with the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles and the Day of Atonement. The traditional calendar keeps us more closely connected to the rhythm of our planet's year, I think, the changes of the seasons, and therefore they give us a strong sense of sacred time, and also the swift passing of our own fleeting days. Now, in the 16th century, Spanish and Portuguese missionaries settled in Nagasaki in Japan, and from their interest in enculturation and out of sensitivity for the ways of the people, they tried to make meatless meals for these ember days, ember tide, which is, of course, a fasting time. They started deep-frying shrimp and vegetables, the Japanese ran with it and developed it in a way that only they can to a level of perfection which is hard for us Westerners to imagine. This is now what we know as tempura, from the Latin term for the church's ember days, which is four times, the four times, the quatuor tempora. And you might have some tempura in a couple of days on Ember Friday. God hides himself from the idle curiosity of the inquisitive and from the arrogant investigations of those scientists who claim to scrutinize the footprints of the divine master on the sands of creation. 
and conceals his glory under the veil of humility and of the annihilation of the cross and of the sepulchre. This is the sign, prefigured by the prophet Jonah, which alone, as the gospel of today attests, will be granted to a skeptical and unbelieving generation. Idelfonso Schuster, 1890-1945